This is RaceWire on Over the Top Cycling, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas on the line with Timmy Duggan. Timmy, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, George. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Coming up, we've got Richmond 2015, uh, the Pro World Championships. Timmy, what's kind of your mood as the, the championships are approaching this year? Yeah, it's pretty cool to have uh, Worlds in America. It almost doesn't really seem real, actually. I think it's the first time since Colorado Springs in, I don't know what year that was, 84? It was 86. 30, almost 30 years ago. So uh, definitely a pretty big deal and pretty cool to have it, have it on home soil. It's going to be a treat for uh, all the Americans involved, that's for sure. Uh, you were about your son Odin's age when the Worlds were last here, correct? Yeah, yeah, right. Wasn't uh, much of a bike racing fan at that point. <laughs> now, in 2012, you won the U.S. Pro uh, Road Championships. You made the Olympic team. You got selected for Worlds. As someone getting ready for Worlds right now, what's kind of going through a person's mind? Um, yeah, you know, all these national team selection events, Worlds, Olympics, uh, the Pan American Games, things like that. Um, they're all unique events. You know, they're, it's pretty cool to be able to, you know, kind of be a part of an all-star team for your country and represent your country. Um, but it's a unique race in that um, not only your team, but all the other teams are kind of coming together in a way that they're not usually uh, performing the rest of the season when they're with their, their trade team. So definitely a unique experience in a lot of ways. Now, how does that work? Because, I mean, the trade team is paying you. That's where you're making your living. And if you've got the opportunity to actually work for someone on your trade team at the World Championships, is the temptation ever there to do just that? Yeah, that's an interesting dynamic in the in the uh, in the race, you know, especially in the elite men. When um, you know, there's be a world champion. I mean, that's a lot of money involved. You know, uh, pretty big deal. And um, definitely, you've seen it in the past where uh, teammates on another country will kind of slyly work for. Um, they're non-countrymen because they're on the same trade team in, in the hopes that, um, you know, that, that teammate will get the world championship jersey and then they'll all be on the team with the world champion. Uh, that kind of benefits everybody. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that most uh, most riders um, can keep their patriotism intact and uh, do their job for the team, which is normally, normally the case. Now you are on. You are on the world selection committee. What's the, what's the process like? Are you uh, selecting people for every division? Yeah, so we have a committee of uh, eight, seven or eight people that we will gather on a conference call. Now, and this committee is made up of uh, former elite professionals across the various disciplines in cycling. So we have uh, former track riders, mountain bikers, road racers. Um, so everybody on this committee is a former um, athlete competing at the Olympic and World Championship level. So they know firsthand you know, what, um, what a candidate for selection of one of the uh, teams is, is going to need. You know what I mean? So it's definitely a really highly qualified uh, committee. And what happens is um, the, the USA Cycling coaches, the national team coaches, they will gather all the data, gather 
a bunch of information on each of the riders, and they'll kind of make their pick um, based on that. They present that to us, and we all discuss it and make uh, I mean, a lot of times, obviously, we're in agreement, and sometimes we're in disagreement over a couple of riders on a squad, and we'll we'll discuss that and, and make those changes. But um, definitely, in a lot of cases, it's a, it's a really hard choice, and that's a function of having such a deep talent pool in um, in America right now. Is you know, no, no matter what, you're going to leave some really good guys at home. Unfortunately, and that's a that's a hard uh, hard decision for sure. Yeah, that had to be really tough this year. I did not envy you at all. Yeah, it's um, uh, definitely tough when you're, you know, you know the magnitude of that opportunity to to be eating at Worlds or the Olympics. And um, you know, I think we all do a really good job of um, kind of looking at the facts, you know, and that's really something that I, I'm surprised at how much data and information is involved in making the selection. It's definitely not like, oh, yeah, you know, I think he's pretty cool and, you know, he, he rides pretty good and, oh, yeah, that, that sounds good. I mean, it's so much data in terms of just uh, power data now, especially for time trials. I mean, you can almost select the, the time trial team just based on data alone, you know. And then, likewise, you can use that in a road race, especially data from uh, similar races and how those riders have finished there. Uh, another, probably the most powerful thing is just um, your peers. You know, what are the other riders that are going to be on the team, especially the team leaders? Who are they wanting to be on the team? What is their uh, thoughts on um, their potential teammates and how they could contribute to the, to the squad? And that leads right into my next question. I was wondering, do you select someone as a team leader and then try to build a team around them really based on the course? Yeah, I think um, USA Cycling is doing a really good job and our committee doing a good job with um, basing it more on, okay, we're going to put our eggs in, on these one or two riders in the squad and then we're going to build the squad around those riders instead of having – oh, we'll just have the six all-stars or the eight all-stars because just because everybody's an all-star doesn't mean that <clears throat> that's the most effective team to, to be working together. You know, At the end of the day, you really need one leader, one finisher, and everybody else to work for them. So we don't need six guys that can sprint or six guys, six guys that can climb. We need one person who we can depend on to be a finisher. Uh, as By finishing, I mean like they can finish it off, finish off the work that – We've done the whole um, the whole day, and the rest of the guys are are workers. So uh, definitely have a mind to building the team around that concept. And they know that uh, when they're selected, really what their position is. Can you go into that at all with the team that was selected? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, who is the team leader, or is that something we want to just keep quiet on now? Oh, you mean with the uh, with the elite men? You mean yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, Taylor and Tyler uh, are both, you know, pretty clear, proven favorites uh, as far as the Americans go on this type of course. Um, Alex Howe, you know, and as far as finishing, uh, finishing it off on a, you know, circuit with short hills, cobbles, you know, it's kind of their kind of uh, course, and they've they've definitely proven that they can be in there and competitive in those those types of events at the end of 260k. Um, 
you know, those are those are the guys for the finish, and the the other four riders are, I think, definitely proven workhorses. They're not necessarily the guys that we think would get a top result in this particular world, but they're definitely the guys that can uh, back up uh, Tyler and Taylor for the for the finish. Now, what about uh, other divisions at the World Championships? Juniors, uh, who selects the women's team? It's the same the same committee we. Uh, work with all the squads across, um, you know, both road worlds here, and then when it's track world championships, we talk about that. When it's mountain bike world chips, world championships, we meet and talk about that. Um, so we really depend on each other's expertise um, to, you know, add value to the conversation, and most of all, uh, have that kind of veto power. You know, if you're the the, tra- the former track uh, athlete and you have a lot better uh, awareness of what's going on in the track world. You know, we're depending on you to um, impart that knowledge on, on the rest of us, you know. So, Timmy, how closely do you work with the coaches of the teams? Uh, we're, we're definitely in touch with all the coaches, you know, throughout the season. And uh, when we convene to discuss um, the selection of a squad, whether it's for, for Worlds or the Olympics or uh, the Pan Am Games at at any level, whether, whether it's the junior women or the elite men, um, the coaches they'll really present very, very I mean hours of work in terms of collecting all this data and information that they can present to us at at the selection committee, um, and it's super helpful because it makes the makes the selection just really a lot more straightforward because we have this this hard data, this hard information that we can uh, decide from, and we're not just going off of, like, a he said, she said that, you know, he's this person's going to be the best, best fit for the team. It's really a lot more objective that way. Now, you're heading out there Friday? Uh, tomorrow, actually. I'm trying to find my uh, airplane reservation on my computer right now, but I can't find it. <laughs> now, we're hoping to check in with you from Richmond, um, what event are you most looking forward to? I'm assuming it's got to be uh, the road championships, but what are some other events out there that are really intriguing to you? Um, yeah, definitely be looking forward to the, the women's uh, elite race on Saturday and the men's elite race on Sunday. Um, definitely the the men at least you know when I'm racing on these these teams in the worlds in the past you know we really look to the the U23s as kind of a benchmark for uh, what's going to go on in in our race in the elite race uh, granted they're racing you know 100 kilometers less but uh, the U23s are are really at a high level and you know most of the time the the guy that's winning U23 row worlds is a superstar in the next five years on the on the world tour. So definitely a good um, uh, kind of measurement that as elite on the elite men's side we can we can look at that and be like, all right, you know, nobody was able to force a selection on the climb, and it was a group of 50. You know, how how is that going to be different in in our race? You know, so it's a good uh, benchmark. What are your thoughts on the course? Um, you know, I raced there. I raced there a long time ago, ten years ago now. Man, crazy! Um, in this one-day race, the U.S. Open, um, on a similar circuit, it wasn't exactly the same, but the the bulk of it was was the same with uh, the cobbled climb of Libby Hill. And yeah, you know, it's um, 
not one decisive section other than maybe the, the cobble climb and more importantly the 180 degree turn and no descent right after it. I think it's going to be one of the toughest parts, but overall, it's. I think there's a turn more than every kilometer of the circuit, and it's a fairly short circuit as far as worlds go. So, it's kind of going to kind of be like a, a glorified Kermesse circuit, and positioning uh, is going to be, and your focus is going to be super, super important over the course of the day. Any thoughts on what's going to make this race? Uh, where somebody can get away? You know, one one thing that's more, maybe more unique about this course because of all those corners is, you know, it's easy for a group to get out of sight pretty quickly um, and kind of disrupt the chase behind. There's not, you know, like a five-kilometer wide-open stretch where 20 different guys on four different teams can just line it up and start chasing. Um, it'll be a little more broken up in terms of the rhythm. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting because that part of it, would support, you know, groups getting away here and there, but um, the fact that there's no major climb or anything that will force a selection, I think it's going to be a lot of um, kind of a selection out the back over the course of the day, and then, you know, there's 50 guys, 40 guys left in the in the last 40K to really make the race at the end. Timmy Duggan, always a pleasure visiting with you. Really appreciate your insight. Thanks a lot, George. Appreciate it. Racewire, over-the-top cycling, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.